BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. It's Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian. Co-hosts today are Scott Fish and Brian Johnson. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Oh, fantastic. No Colin McCockney. No. Nope. Nope. In fact... We, All right, I'll stay then. I'll I'll, I'll it, stick around. It is it is sad to report he his uh, his uh, emergency issues at Mayo Clinic last week did not go, go well. well. And no, he's, on life support. Yeah, sounds Colin like not, on life support not right going to make it. Not we're uh, we're considering it. a GoFundMe. Yeah, for Colin McCockney uh, due to the staggering medical bills wow. that uh, he, he's he's incurred <laughs> while here. We're uh, got plenty to go get to. It'll, it'll definitely show. get to it. Yes, for sure. Uh, we've got a London game. Will Colin do it from bedside? No. Find out. Absolutely not. We'll give you nine players upon whom you can take a chance. We'll answer three tough questions. We'll give you premature speculation players. We'll break down every game fantasy football weekly style with letter grades on every meaningful player. And we're going to answer the really difficult questions surrounding the Indianapolis running game with Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor. Excited to dive into that. Let's get right into the matchups. Beginning with the Lions taking on the Buccaneers. Scott, yeah. Lions offense has been really fantastic later. It's been good. No Jameer Gibbs. Nope. I view David Montgomery as a top five fantasy running back at this moment. Yes, I completely agree. 
the way they're using him, the way they want to use him, mm-hmm. uh, he's bordering on automatic A each week territory is. Is, is really what it is. His giant workload of 23.25 touches per oh, game. Love that. Oh, you got to love that. It's it's mostly carries, that's for sure. And uh, backs have not done well against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their opponent for this week. But outside of that Eagle, and because outside of that Eagles game, no running back has had more, ele- more than 11 carries. That's really what it is. Right. The Eagles are the one team that truly went after the ground game against them and they did that to the tune of 30 carries for 173 wow. yards yeah. so if you stick to the run game it seems like they're beatable on the ground i did give montgomery an a grade in this one over to the passing game jared goff's getting a b grade now i'm gonna i'm gonna preface this with this matchup the bucks currently rank uh Top, I believe top seven or eight in almost in just top 12, definitely in a bunch of defensive categories, but top seven or eight against every single position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, or, or tight end. So it's, it's not the best defensive matchup, not the best matchup for uh, this offense, but I believe in Ben Johnson uh, snapping balls between quarterbacks legs to the running back <laughs> and doing trick plays. I believe in Ben Johnson in this Lions offense. Uh, Bucks six best defensive DVOA, DVOA, only one 300 yard day for Jared Goff. In fact, his highest is 253 yards outside of that one day, mm. uh, and only two multi-score games, yeah. but he's safely been a 230 plus and a score guy, which is C level, a B or C level, you know, depending well, on what well, you, how you go see the downside, the downside in Goff is just Montgomery eats so many touchdowns. It It is. It is. I, I do have a B here just because there's so many opportunities for this Lions offense to score. So I gave him I gave him the upside of a B grade on right. this one. Uh Amon Ross St. Brown practiced fully on Friday. Mm-hmm. We fully expect him to go now. Cards are third toughest against the slot, but honestly, it's Amon Ra. All but one lead receiver has went for a hundred plus on the Bucks. Full practices. Amon Ra's a nine catch a game, eighty-two plus yards. Yeah. Coin flip of a score. That's an A grade for me. What do you think of Josh Reynolds? Who I, I think is a much trickier decision. I actually have a C grade on him because Laporta has been not practicing. He went through walkthrough on Friday, but not mm-hmm. practicing with that C with, with that uh with that injury. I believe that he might be a little limited. Sounds like he's going to be good to go, but if it if it flares up, he might Josh Reynolds might see extra work. Second wide receivers have topped 50 yards in every game and scored mm. in all but one wow. against this Tampa Bay team. Wow, maybe Josh Reynolds. Maybe this is a conservative grade for if, Josh. Reynolds. If you look at Josh Reynolds, he's had 66 plus yards in four of the five games. Mm. He's had three to five catches in each of the games. Nine to 12 points is C territory. Yeah, we'll take you that. do want the score, though. So, C grade on him. I believe I said, I mentioned Laporta. You know, he's kind of questionable. He's an auto A if he starts. He's a top five tight end. If he doesn't go, he doesn't go. But if you're starting him, if he goes. Over to the other side, the Buck side. Baker Mayfield, I got a C grade on him. Lions third best in D, uh, defensive DVOA. Lions have, however, Lions have allowed multiple scores to every QB they faced, not named Desmond Ritter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so that's pretty good. Uh, uh, Baker, we identify. We get plenty of things wrong. Yeah, we we identified Baker Mayfield 
And this early schedule, uh, really early, you know, in the preseason, we're like, this. Yeah. he's got this run of games or he's going to have really positive opportunities. Right. And one thing that I didn't target before the season, but I really should have, was their OC, Dave Canales, made Geno Smith really something last year. Yeah. And he left. And now Geno's, uh, right. and Baker's having, having, some, having kind of a heyday. Uh, by the way, those four quarterbacks that, the Bucks have, you know, the the Bucks have faced also all got 245 plus yards. So if you're if you're pegging in 245 yards and a score or two for Baker Mayfield, mm-hmm. we're talking C territory, maybe B if he if he can, but he's only got one more one multi-score game. So let's give him a C there. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, I'm giving them both C's. It's kind of kind of frustrating that the first three weeks, Mike Evans was the better one. Uh, he plays Marshawn Lattimore in week uh, four. Chris Godwin has the better week. Uh, they both have, you know, a little bit of tougher matchups. Cam, Su- Cam Sutton allows a 95 passer rating against 54% completion against. That's going to be up against Mike Evans. Chris Godwin's going to get the easier matchup against Jerry Jacobs. Mm-hmm. A lot a- easier, I think. Yeah. Uh, so... I have C grades on them both. If I had to bet against one or bet for one, it would be Mike Evans, who in the non-Marshawn Lattimore games had the better scores. Uh, a, a sneaky, sneaky, sneaky dart throw that I can't give a starting grade to, I, I just can't do it, is Trey Palmer. He's only got one to two catches a game, but he's going in the slot where he's going to get get Will Harris, who's allowing nearly a half a fantasy point per route run, a 118 passer rating against, an 87% completion percentage against, and he's allowing 13 yards per attempt against. Yeah. 13 yards per attempt against a slot corner? Like, that's a lot of yards per... Does Palmer run from the slot that much? I mean, I think of Godwin as being more of the slot guy. Yeah, he's he's actually moved outside quite a bit. I could get I could get I, the exact... I don't need it right this second. <laughs> you don't need it right this second. But I, I, uh, but I am interested in attacking the slot against the Bucks or against the Lions, rather, with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson out. Yeah, so I was going to try to pull it up. I think Rashad White is probably the last guy of note, right? Uh, Yeah, Rashad White is the last guy of note. I was going to try to grab that. That's okay. Don't worry about it. Uh, Rashad White I actually have on the bench. I guess he could be a dart throw because he's getting 18, 19 touches a game. But, man, it took Ken Walker 17 carries just to hit 43 yards. Uh, White, what he's doing with this 19 touches is super inefficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's topped 11 fantasy points just once yeah. this no year. No touchdowns. That no was t- the problem last year. No problem touchdowns. This year. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's just. Lions you run could, defense is turning into a beast. You could you could give him you could give him the volume C. By the way, Trey Palmer fifty five percent from the slot. Okay, thank you. Ah, uh, yeah. You could give him the volume C, but I have him on the bench. Forced fourth worst rushing yards over expected for Rashad White this year. Let's go to the Seahawks taking on the Bengals, Brian. For the Seahawks side, Kenneth Walker, the aforementioned Kenneth Walker, has just turned into an automatic start at this point. He he's more than that. He's getting uh, the fantasy Fonzie. Oh, all right. Hey. Hey. The Bengals own the highest opponent rushing yard percentage at 44%, meaning that nearly half of their opponent's total yards have come on the ground. That's a great mm. ratio for running backs. Uh, Cincy also allowing 107 rushing yards per game to running backs. That is fifth most. And when we last saw the Seahawks in week four, they're coming off their bye in week five. They had one healthy starting offensive lineman. Oh. They expect all their starters 
back for this game. And despite having that bye week already, Walker is tied for third among running backs with five rushing touchdowns. Also fifth in red zone carries. Just one fewer than Isaiah Pacheco, who has played six games. And Walker has played four. So the Fonzie for... For Kenneth, uh, Zach Charbonnet on the bench. He has clearly, clearly taken a back seat in that backfield. Over to the wide receivers, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett both get a C. I don't like the passing game nearly as much as the ground game for Seattle in this one. The Bengals are allowing just 10 catches and 140 yards per game to wide receivers as a whole. That is not good when it comes to Metcalf and Lockett's prospects. But since he has surrendered, surrendered a wide receiver touchdown in four straight games, so they are both... Still startable. Jackson Smith and Jigba, Out. not startable, nope. has yet to top 35 yards. He is on the bench, as are all, all, all the tight ends mm-hmm. for Seattle. Uh, you just can't trust any of them. Lastly, for Seattle, Geno Smith, I'll give him the C. Not the best matchup here. The Bengals are allowing 213 passing yards and 1.4 passing touchdowns per game. So the touchdowns aren't too bad. That's why we'll start Geno still, but but just barely. It's really all about Walker in this game. Over to the, the Bengals' side, starting with Joe Mixon, going to give him a C. Mixon is playing 75% of the snaps for the Bengals, which is great. Uh, he's getting a ton of volume, but he's not doing much with it. Mixon, excuse me, Mixon averaging less than five yards per touch. Yep. Not good. Nope. And he scored just one total touchdown all season. His Part of that is his up the mid, like runs up the middle rate is second worst in the NFL. Like something like 60, 65% of his runs are straight up the middle. Mm. That's not going to be not working. That's not going to be good. And what else isn't working when he gets the ball inside the 10 yard line? 0 for 10 on oh. his carries inside an 0 for no touchdowns from inside the 10. Ouch. So brutal. Just the C. For Mixon. Has he scored this year? I think he's got one. One touchdown. One touchdown. It, it wasn't uh, from inside the 10-yard line, I can tell you that much. Uh, who has scored more than once this year? Jamar Chase. Uh, he gets an A. Last week was cathartic if you drafted Jamar Chase, yeah, especially he, he with, the, with the first overall pick, which I did in a fair amount of leagues, you know, bucking the trend and not taking Jefferson. Uh, very solid matchup for Chase here as the Seahawks are allowing 19 catches and 220 yards per game to wide receivers and they have surrendered five touchdowns to the position over their last three games alone. So, Love Chase, obviously, with an A. T. Higgins trending towards playing with, yeah. with the, the rib injury. If he does, I will give him the C. We've seen Higgins play when he's been on the fence and then that leave. After. Right. That was more of like a lower body injury. So, if he plays, I'll give him the C. I, I, saw, I heard he's got. if he's going to play, he has to take some kind of mid-chest injection if it's a painkiller, if he's going to try to play through it, which sounds like awful, like wedging a needle between the ribs yeah, or something. That's like, what they do know. when you get rabies, I Th- think. This yeah. kind of stuff is the fantasy killer. Higgins, when he's suiting up and not scoring, but he's in, so you want to start him. Yeah. Oh, it's the worst. I, I think I'm out on Higgins. Yeah, T. Higgins is Here. a dog, though. He's a dog. He's got that dog in him. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna throw a C dart at Tyler Boyd either way, regardless of whether Higgins plays or not. Again, uh, the, the Seahawks giving up a good production to opposing wide receivers. Irv Smith Jr., though, he is on the bench. He wasn't even targeted last week when Joe Burrow threw for 300-plus mm-hmm. yards. Uh, Bengals tight ends are, are fool's gold year in and year out. I will never draft one ever again. I promise you that. I'm putting it on wax. And lastly, uh, speaking of Joe Burrow, he gets an A. The Seahawks own the eighth-highest opponent completion percentage. And as a result, opposing quarterbacks are averaging 305 passing yards per game. And Burrow says the calf feels great. Hopefully that injury is behind him. Well, yeah, I mean, it looked great last week. Let's hope that that continues. Uh, We want the old Joe Burrow back. 
No doubt about it. When we come back, Ravens taking on the Titans. Derrick Henry with a daunting matchup coming off a dud game. What do you do with him when we come back? Fantasy Football Weekly. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but... Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, gonna, not, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band. They all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Take a chance on me. Nine players, not normally in your starting lineup. We begin at the quarterback position. Scott Fish, who you got? Yeah, for the quarterback position this week, I have Matthew Stafford. I know that he's like QB 15 on the season, 
But, man, he's throwing the ball a ton. The Cards are the third worst in defensive DVOA. No team has a lower pressure rate than the Arizona Cardinals at just 25%. So they're not going to even get to him. Finally had his first multi-score game last week, and opposing quarterbacks are dropping 274.4 yards and 2.2 touchdowns per game to QBs, not to mention a 76% completion percentage. By the way, the Rams lead the league in plays per game, too, so there's a lot yeah. of opportunity. We talked last week about getting out of Kyron Williams. It's uh, This feels like the time. This thing's going to start tilting. He's got all those touchdowns. This thing's going to start mm, tilting in the past. I wasn't game. on the show last yeah, week. Clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. To, look, you're still right. Hey, I know. I'm great, not, I'm, it doesn't change a great call. Don't give up on but him. Get, but now's the time to sell high. Mm. Let's go to your, your quarterback. Take a chance on me, quarterback, Brian. Oh, you know I got to go with a revenge game and Gardner Minshew at mm. Jacksonville. The Jaguars are very much a pass-funneling defense. 76% of their opponents' total yards have come through the air. That is third most. They are yielding a healthy 36 pass attempts per game. And Jacksonville also owns the seventh highest uh, allowed per yards allowed per pass attempt at 7.2. That is a very healthy number. These teams met in week one, the Colts and Jaguars, and Anthony Richardson started that game for Indy. He threw a respectable 223 yards and a touchdown in his very first game as a pro. But I, I expect Minshew to top those passing numbers. Three of the last four quarterbacks to face the Jags have thrown for at least 280 yards and multiple touchdowns. The only one who failed to reach those benchmarks, Desmond Ritter. we got to pick on him again. Uh, Josh Dobbs goes up against the Rams. He looks shockingly competent. Back-to-back multiple touchdown games against San Francisco and a good Cincinnati secondary Rams defense, not great. They're ranked 22nd in pass rush win rate and 31st by pro football focus and coverage. And he's got some sneaky value as a rusher as well. The Rams have been hammered by Jalen Hurts and Anthony Richardson over the last two weeks on the ground. Scott, your take a chance on me, runner. Yeah, this one made a little bit easier with the news coming out Friday that Miles Sanders was not going to suit up. Chuba Hubbard was already working in on that split yeah, on Miles Sanders. Sure. He's the passing down back. He does a lot of long down and distance stuff. He's going to get all the work this week in a in a game that they're going to be playing catch up with Miami. Brian, your take a chance on me, runner. I got the Cowboys' Rico Dowdle at the Chargers. Tony Pollard has been limited by a shoulder injury, so if he were to sit or leave this game early, Dowdle would be in a smash spot. I expect Pollard to play, but there, uh, either, either way, there should be some meat left on the bone for Dowdle against a very soft run defense. The Chargers are allowing 147 combo yards per game to running backs, and despite having their bye week already, LA has surrendered the seventh most receptions to the position. Arizona running back Amari DiMercado showed up in a splashy mm-hmm. way last week, and people are freaking out because Keontae Ingram is listed on top of the Cardinals' depth chart. I say, who cares? He has been awful in every opportunity he's had. Mm-hmm. Ingram has a career rushing average of 1.7 yards per carry. Unfathomably bad. Meanwhile, DiMercado, in his first ever meaningful work last week, Rolled up 45 yards, showed some wiggle, scored a touchdown, and he can catch. Rams are a middle-of-the-pack run defense. There's a nice opportunity for Super De Mercado. <laughs> Super De Mercado. I like it. I like right, it. For our Spanish-speaking friends. Uh, Scott, your receiver. Take a chance on me, receiver. I'm going back to the Jacoby Myerswell, who as of this morning on Sleeper is only 50% started. Revenge game versus the New England Patriots, currently only 50% started, as I mentioned. 10-plus targets, 7-plus receptions in all Jimmy G starts. 
He'll see mostly J.C. Jackson, who was one of the worst quarterbacks last year. He was even benched this year, inactive, healthy scratch yeah. against the Vikings, got traded over New England, and he's only been there for a cup of coffee, and now he's got to try to try to defend Jacoby Myers, who leads the NFL in targets inside the 10. If you want to know just how bad Bill Belichick is as a general manager, he let Jacoby Myers walk so he could sign Juju Smith-Schuster to the same deal. Who won't play in this game. Oh, Anyway, uh, Brian, you take a chance on me, receiver. I'm sticking with the Cowboys at the Chargers. I got Michael Gallup. Finally, a great matchup for the Cowboys offense, especially their wide receivers. The Chargers are allowing 15 catches, 232 yards, and 1.5 touchdowns per game to opposing wideouts. Over the last three weeks, Gallup has seen 18 targets, while Brandon Cooks has drawn 15 looks. During that span, Gallup has totaled 13 catches for 167 yards. Cooks, just seven catches for 48 yards. He's not looking too good. Cooks, mm-hmm. that is. Cooks, looking. Cooked. That, thank you. I, I, <laughs> I thought I, I got it kind of right itself there. Uh, K.J. Osborne goes up against Chicago and now is a lead role. He's going to take the Justin Jefferson routes, according to head coach Kevin O'Connell. It's a pretty straight shooter. Uh, Chicago's got an excellent cornerback, Jalen Johnson, who's going to return for this game. But I think he's going to be shadowing Jordan Addison, expected to go in this one. The rest of the Bears secondary, very suspect, especially if Eddie Jackson misses another game. Bears are allowing the ninth most fantasy points to wideouts. And we've seen some other slippery players like K.J. Osborne, Curtis Samuel, Romeo Dobbs have success against Chicago. And when he runs out of the slot, he's got a fantastic matchup against Greg Stroman, the Sausage King Chicago. <laughs> Let's go to uh, Ravens taking on the Titans. I want to start with the running game where we're putting both Justice Hill and Gus Edwards on the bench. Hill and Gus roughly even in snaps and touches over the past two weeks with just waters down their efficiency. Zach Moss randomly destroyed the Titans last week, but that's way outside the norm. Prior to Moss last week, no back had topped 67 yards in 21 straight games against Tennessee. Non-Zach Moss runners have averaged only 3.1 yards per carry, and Tennessee ranks third in tackling by pro football focus. So we're going to bench both Hill and Edwards from the Ravens. Let's go to the passing game. Eight drops last week by the Ravens receivers. Eight, including two surefire touchdowns that were taken away from Lamar Jackson as he goes up against Tennessee. Now, Tennessee looks like their pass defense has been better lately, but they goose-egged a gimpy Joe Burrow and Gardner Minshew the past two weeks. The previous three quarterbacks to face Tennessee averaged 300 yards and two scores, and that would be the upside for Jackson here, who's throwing more downfield. Last two games, nine yards per pass attempt. I like that. Tennessee's been very good at stopping quarterbacks via the ground, though. Last week, in a short look, Anthony Richardson only had five yards. Last year, Jonathan Allen, uh, Josh Allen ran for 10 yards. Jalen Hurts ran for 12 yards. So I can only get to a B grade here for Lamar Jackson, but I do like him as a solid starter. Mark Andrews coming off the game with three drops, including an easy touchdown. On the season, he leads all tight ends in drops and drop percentage. Titans have a lot have not allowed a tight end score, but they've also faced a lot of bottom-tier tight ends so far. 80% of the targets two tight ends have been completed against the Titans. So we're coming in with a B grade on Mark Andrews and a hopeful bounce back game off of last week's brutal endeavor. Zay flowers dropped a touchdown last week as well. He's the team's leader in routes and has 10 plus targets in three of five games. 
Titans allowing the third most receptions and the seventh most receiving yards per game to wide receivers. Flowers runs from all over the field, but has got a particularly juicy matchup against cornerback Christian Fulton, who's PFF's sixth worst graded cornerback. Let's go over to the Titans side. There's only two players you care about. We begin with King Henry. He smoked these Ravens last year, piling up in one game 133 yards and a score. But the good news for Derrick Henry this week ends right there. Mm-hmm. Baltimore hasn't allowed a rushing touchdown. They haven't. They uh, they've given up two rushing touchdowns in their last 14 games. Four or five opposing lead runners have failed to top 59 yards. And Baltimore ranks seventh in tackling by Pro Football Focus and seventh in run defense by Pro Football Focus. Two of King Henry's last three games, straight up duds. Tajay Spears, league winner. He could be a league winner down the road. We keep talking about it, but you can't start Tajay Spears. Here. By the way, C grade on Derrick Henry. Just he's just not getting enough touches. You get five rushes and three catches. That's not enough for Tajay Spears. Just nope. a, maybe a. a Prayer dart throw just on sheer talent for Tajay Spears, who we love. Uh, let's go to the passing game. The only guy you'd consider starting in a tough matchup is DeAndre Hopkins. Finally had the breakout game last week, as suggested by this very show. But I do not like him here. Tannehill's been mostly ineffective. The Ravens' secondary's gotten healthier with the return of Marlon Humphrey. Um, although he got lit up by the similarly physical George Pickens in his uh, debut last week. Um, so I'll note that. Baltimore allows the third fewest yards per reception to wide out. And that Pickens touchdown last week was the only touchdown they've allowed to wide receivers all year. Ooh. So I can only get you to a C grade wow. and DeAndre Hopkins and the rest of them are on the bench. And the only other guy for the Titans you might consider Chig Okonkwo. And you got to pick your spots for Chig and this is not it. Baltimore is a fantastic tight end defense. They haven't allowed a tight end touchdown in 10 straight games. That's it for that matchup. Uh, Brian, I don't think you can do 49ers-Browns in less than three minutes. You want to bet? can you? All right, then go for it. All right. right. I think you can. Let's do it. Uh, This is an ugly-looking game over under just 36.5 points, and I think all those points are implied for the San Francisco side. Uh, Christian Mm -hmm. McCaffrey, not going to say an easy A, but give him an A here. It's a tough matchup against the Browns, but with Cleveland turning to P.J. Walker, a quarterback, the 49ers, should dominate time of possession here. So I'm going to stick with the A for McCaffrey. Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, just a C for these guys. Uh, a brutal matchup on paper for Ayuk and Samuel. The Browns are allowing seven catches and 91 yards per game to wide wide receivers with just one touchdown all season. And I just fear the 49ers pump the brakes when it comes to passing in this game. They're not really going to need to throw it a ton. So just a C for Ayuk and Samuel. Uh, also a C for George Kittle coming off the hat trick. Tight ends do fare, fare the best when it comes to skill players against the Browns. Mark Andrews burned Cleveland in week four with five catches for 80 yards and two touchdowns. But again, I don't think the uh, the 49ers are going to throw it a ton. And that is why Brock Purdy also gets a C. The Browns own the lowest opponent completion percentage at 54%. Uh, the, the Niners should not throw a lot in this one, but two touchdowns for Purdy is possible. So he gets the C. And over the Cleveland side, I just have a starting grade on Jerome Ford with a C, probably yeah. because you have to based on volume. Uh, he should remain the lean lead back that is uh, Ford that is over Kareem Hunt, but this is a bad matchup. Mm-hmm. Opposing backs are averaging under 18 touches per game for just 77 combo yards against San Francisco, and you're benching the passing game. Amari Cooper, 
Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones, 2013 mm. Josh Gordon, 2007 <laughs> Braylon Edwards. Odell Beckham. Odell, all on the bench. All, everyone on the bench uh, with P.J. Walker quarterback, including David Njoku, of course. It's going to be a, a, a ugly game for Cleveland. Josh Cribbs. Speaking, Krebs, speaking of ugly bench. Browns, David Njoku's face. Good Lord, man. Hey. I, I'm glad he's okay. How did a toaster do that? I feel apparently bad. I, was, I, I tweeted toaster. It turned I out it was fire pit. Okay. So okay. I was wrong about that. I saw your tweet. I was but like, it was still, I thought I was, yeah. Dude, holy cow. I Like I said, glad he's okay. Yeah. If you haven't yet tried a guillotine league, new leagues forming now, today, right now, as you're listening, new leagues, guillotineleagues.com, your opportunity to play in the freshest new way to play fantasy football every week. So much fun as the lowest scoring team gets chopped and everybody else builds superstar rosters like you. We'll be back with more Fantasy Football Weekly after this. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back. Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Scott Fish and Brian Johnson. You can follow us on the site formerly known as Twitter, at ScottFish24. Got it. At BTXJ for Brian, and I am at Paul Charchian. 
Panthers take on the Dolphins, Scott. The Panthers' offense has not looked great. No. We already talked about Chuba Hubbard. It right. Take a chance on yes. me. But let's turn our attention to a passing game that last week put up some solid garbage time opportunities and should have a similar situation. Exactly. Exactly. Opposing quarterbacks are are throwing for an average of 258 yards and 1.5 scores against the Dolphins. A lot of that in catch-up mode, which should be the game script this week. Bryce, Bryce Young hasn't topped 250 yards yet. But last week in that similar game script against the Lions where they were down big, they were playing catch-up garbage time. He went for 247 yards and three touchdowns. I expect somewhat similar, maybe not three touchdowns again. We'll see. Yeah. But I expect something similar here. So I do have a C grade on Bryce Young. I think he gets there with with the catch-up garbage time. Agreed. I have an A grade on Adam Thielen. And yeah, we, baby. We very much disagree. You're, rank, you're ranking him too low this week. I looked at your ranks, and I'm like, that is way too low. I, have I, will, him, I will look at my rankings. Right I now. have him as a top 12 wide receiver oh. this week. Thielen's, Thielen is lining up in the slot 63% of the time. He's getting 38% of the red zone targets, 34% of the first read targets. So when Bryce Young drops back to pass a third of the time, he's looking and throwing to Thielen. 26% target share, 29% air yards. I don't need to go on. He's getting all the work. Five plays of 20-plus yards. He's also going to see... Second-year slot corner, Cater Kehu, who's allowing a 135.2 passer rating against and a 71% completion against seven-plus receptions in four straight for Adam Thielen. He's been great. Everything that we hoped he could be in the preseason when Uh, this show was contrary to basically every show uh, in America. Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling. Honestly, if his A dot was more than seven and his yards after the catch was more than four, he'd be right up there with the top, top wide receivers, the, the amount of volume he's getting. You've convinced me, and I've moved him up my ranking. There you go. Uh, I have DJ Chark on the bench. He's playing consistently 90% of the snaps, but he's only got a 12% target share. He's only seen two to four catches per game. The 15 plus a dot helps uh, average depth of target. So when he, when he gets the ball, it's, it's deeper, but man, he, he needs the score to be productive. And I can't count on that. Jonathan Mengo. I'm giving a C grade here. I think it's a sneaky spot for him. Five for 48 on seven targets last week in catch-up mode. Similar spot here against the Dolphins. In his three full games, he's only played three full games. He's Mm -hmm. missed a game and limited a game. 87%, 98%, and 86% of snaps. He's on the field a ton. 28% of air yards in those games. 20% on third and fourth down, which is awesome. Uh, also, he's getting Eli Apple instead of Xavier Howard, yeah. who's going to be on Chark shutting that down. So C grade on Jonathan Mingo. Over to the other side, the Miami Dolphins. How much do I need to talk about Tua, Tyreek, and Waddle? Because I think they're automatic A's. Absolutely. Like Waddle, I have ranked a little lower, but I still think it's an automatic A. No one's benching him. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go over to Raheem Mostert, who also should be an automatic automatic A, honestly. Particularly now that Devon A-Chan is on on IR. And it looks like Jeff Wilson's not Looks like Jeff Wilson won't go. So, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Salvin Ahmed. Yes, Mm. I'm going to mention with Mostert here, lead backs not named Tony Jones Jr. have all gone for 90-plus yards against the Panthers. Uh, And even Tony Jones Jr. scored twice. (laughs) Like He didn't get the yards, but he scored twice. No team has allowed more 
touchdowns to running backs than the Panthers. Raheem Mostert, also seven touchdowns rushing. Uh, A-grade there, converted four of five inside the five, by the way. you I know you love your inside oh, the yeah, five stats. I do love my inside yes, the five. Yes, so that 80% is nice. But I have a C-grade on Salvin Ahmed, yeah, assuming Jeff Wilson does not go. Uh, there just should be enough. The, once again, the Panthers have allowed the most rushing touch or much most touchdowns to running back. Miami has scored the most. They are running the ball in a lot. Uh, this game, if it gets out of hand, they're 13 Which and a half point well favorites. Salvin Ahmed could get the mop up duty. I have a C grade on him. I'm with you on that. I think he's a sneaky play. I thought about a take on for him and I, I was debating those two all week, but Jeff Wilson muddied it too long. Come Wilson's doubtful. He's not. He's not. I don't playing. think. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, he I was, don't, we don't think he's. He was listed as doubtful on Friday. Yeah, we yeah. don't think he's going to go. Uh, Commanders take on the Falcons. I'm going to start with Brian Robinson, who broke our hearts last week with a stone cold dud against the Bears, and now he gets a brutal matchup. Atlanta allows the fewest fantasy points to running backs. That Atlanta defense is turning sneaky good. They're only one of three teams that hasn't allowed a running back touchdown. Robinson may be catching a little bit more than expected, but the Falcons have also allowed the fewest receptions and yards to running backs. Bench grade on Brian Robinson in this one, even with some volume presumably coming his way. Just can't do it. Let's go to the passing game. Curtis Samuel's been a nice little story this year. Shockingly involved in Eric Bieniemy's offense, topping 51 yards in four of five games. I really like his individual matchup against D. Alford in the slot. He's allowed two touchdowns already and an opposer passer rating of 110. Slot receivers Christian Kirk, Amon Ross St. Brown posted very strong games against Atlanta. Curtis Samuel, C grade in this one. Terry McLaurin also gets a C grade, leads the team in routes, targets, and receptions and yards. The problem is the enemy's offense is so diverse that nobody's really a go-to receiver, including Terry McLaurin. Yeah. The Falcons underrated secondary top six in yards and receptions to wide receivers and a very difficult individual matchup with cornerback A.J. Terrell. Oh, he's been good. He's been really good, allowing just a 59% completion rate and only 25 yards per game in his coverage. Low. I can only get Terry McLaurin to a C grade. Uh, my Josh Dotson, we were wrong. Jahan, yeah. Jahan, excuse me. Jahan Dotson. Yep. You know, we thought the breakout was coming. Yep. It's not. Well, he, that, the way he finished field. the end of the year, he just, yeah. I don't know. Very disappointing. Obviously, a bench grade for him until he proves to be a bigger part of this passing offense. What about? We're going to get there. All right. I guess got to hit Logan Thomas first. Oh, in three I'm straight early. In three straight weeks, the Falcons have been rocked by tight ends. Sam Laporta, Evan Ingram, Dalton Schultz. In four or five games, Atlanta's yielded a touchdown and or 59-plus yards to the uh, tight end position. Thomas, major part of the commander's passing offense. He averages 35 routes per game and only one fewer target per game than Terry McLaurin. B-grade, Logan Thomas still Should available be. in over half a fantasy league. Well, Mostly because I that. dropped him in all of mine like a week and a half That's ago. That's right, he got hurt, yeah. Well, it's a shame Scott wasn't that fantasy football weekly training camp when Logan Thomas mm. was one of my D-nods. I like that. Dudes, no one drafts yeah. at the time. It, paid, mm. it made sense. He, uh, he has performed well. So I can only get Sam Howell to a C-grade in this one, and I'm, I'm on nervous that. about that. Second only to Kirk Cousins in completions, mm. Sam Howell. Uh, who'd have guessed that? And his accuracy has been really good. He's got the fifth best adjusted completion percentage. What's holding back Sam Howell's fantasy value is these two things. A complete lack of deep passing <laughs> yep. and literally not one designed run this year 
for the very mobile Sam yeah. Howell. These were the two things I was counting on in the preseason to come together for Sam Howell to be a regular fantasy contributor. So far, they're not using him that way, and I can't get him to higher than a C grade in this matchup. Let's go to Atlanta. Bijan Robinson, obvious A grade, I believe. I don't think I need to spend any more time on Bijan Robinson. Other than the fact his mom calls said his name is Bijan. Well, too bad. Um, we are not. We are not going to even dignify that. Unfortunately, um, there's there's an opportunity here for. Well, I think we're just going to go obvious A and Bijan Robinson and just move. Okay. On. Yeah. Okay. Good. Let's go to the passing game, beginning with this guy. Drake London. <laughs> Mixed bag for Drake London in this game. Mm-hmm. Commanders have allowed the fourth most yards and the most touchdowns to wide receivers. And rookie cornerback Emmanuel Forbes, who they took in the first round, getting killed out there. He's allowed the second most yards of any player and over 20 yards per reception. Drake London could be a very sneaky start here. Volume's always an issue with London. He ranks 48th in targets, and that worries me a little bit because you can – it's Arthur Smith, yeah. right? So in a, for any other team, this would be an A-grade opportunity, but I can't do it with London because of Arthur Smith right. and the potential that he's sitting on a four-target game. So just the B-grade on Drake London. Um, what about the tight ends? Jonu Smith and backup tight end Kyle Pitts. What John, about Van Jefferson? <laughs> and Van Jeff- We're keeping we are keeping Johnu Smith and Kyle Pitts on the bench. Oh boy. Now Johnu, I know what you're thinking. Johnu's got more receptions, more yards. He's an amazing athlete. I know that's what you're thinking yes, right now. That's exactly it. But Washington's been very good against tight ends, allowing the fourth fewest fantasy points. They put very capable tight ends, Zach Ertz, Dawson Knox, Dalton Kincaid, Dallas Goddard, all on bad games. And only Cole Komet has found the tight end. I uh, find the end zone. The only tight end, uh, excuse me, no tight end has topped 42 yards against Washington. Janu Janu and Kyle Pitts on the bench. It's a good thing Kyle Pitts actually plays wide receiver, though. Uh, well, you, you, so you say. So you say. All right, so where does that leave us on, uh, on our quarterback? Desmond Ritter coming off the best game of his career. His first 300-yard game. He looked good. And a game-winning drive. He, good. he did. And yeah. this is a home game, and we all know the deal on his home road splits. Um, pretty positive matchup. So maybe keeps the juice flowing here. Only Josh Dobbs has failed to score multiple touchdowns against Washington, including the Justin Fields explosion last week against Washington for all the talent to that commander's defensive line that looks, you know, with all the first rounders, man, they don't do much. They rank 26th in pass rush win rate for all those fourth, all those first rounders. Very, very weird. Mm. All right, let's move on. Uh, Brian. Colts taking on the Jaguars. Gardner Minshew at the helm, as you've already mentioned. Yeah, he's my take a chance on me quarterback, which generally equivocates to a C, but I really have a B grade on him. It's a, it's a pass funnel defense, as I mentioned, for the Jaguars, Minshew's former team. So for that reason, Michael Pittman gets an A. His last three games, and by the way, these teams did play in week one. Uh, Jacksonville won 31 to 21 in Indy. So we had some uh, recent data here. Uh, Pittman's last three games against the Jags, starting with that week one matchup uh, this season, eight catches for 97 yards and a touchdown, 13 catches for 134 yards, six catches for 64 yards and a touchdown. And the Jaguars are allowing more than 180 yards and a touchdown per game to wide receivers. Mm. So Pittman, again, a grade for him. And watch out for rookie 
Josh Downs. He gets a oh, B. Yeah, Downs has drawn a 24% target share with Minshew as quarterback. That's some B squad chemistry from preseason right That's there. A, that might be. They spent might a be. lot of time together. Got to mm-hmm. love it. Downs averaging seven targets and five catches over his last three games. And I smell a breakout game here on Sunday for the rookie. Um, not a breakout. I don't know if he's ever going to break out ever. And that's Alec Pierce. He's yeah, on the bench. I'm just, I'm done with him. Catch totals. And he's season. on the field all the time. He, too. Is, he is. He's on the field like 91% of the plays. They never throw to yeah. him ever. By no. the way, John, Josh Downs, my prospect two weeks ago. Hope you picked him up. Yeah. Pierce catch totals. One, two, three, one, one. He had one catch yeah. five yards against Jacksonville in week one. I, I tried Josh Downs as a take a chance. I mean, guy like two, three weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. Not exactly right. Sorry, it was Alec Pierce. I tried Alec Alec Pierce. Pierce. I misspoke. Well, Josh Downs wasn't. He's not. Yeah. And per usual, we're off the Colts tight ends. Way too much of a rotation there. Until. until Jelani, Jelani Woods, Woods comes, comes back. back. Okay. okay. All right. Thank okay. You. Uh, and of, all right. Of, of course, we have to talk about Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor. We'll get into this more uh, later. Let's just focus on the matchup. Um, brutal matchup for both uh, Taylor and Moss. Opposing running backs are averaging just 92 combo yards when facing the Jaguars, who have surrendered just one total touchdown to the position this season. Deion Jackson, Jake Funk, and Evan Hull combined for 57 scoreless yards when these teams met in week one. So I have just a C on Moss and Taylor. You got to like Moss a little more than Taylor Mm -hmm. uh, going into this game, but just a C for both over to the Jacksonville side. It doesn't look like any of my high school report cards because there's some good (laughs) grades here. Uh, Starting with Travis ETN, he gets an A, 104 combo yards and a score against the Colts in week one. Indy has allowed three rushing touchdowns to running backs over their last two games, and ETN is getting bell cow usage. He is. Much to the chagrin of Paul Charchian and Tank Bigsby. We're not we're not gonna call Bigsby a dead cat yet. Uh, when you bring in the Caddyshack sounder, I like that. Yeah. It's like I, all right, look, I just need to own up on this. I really thought Tank Bigsby would be a much bigger mm-hmm. part of the offense. Yeah. I loved what I saw in the preseason. I was skeptical about Travis ETN. He's been good. And he is an absolute bell cow in a league where there's only about six of them, and he's one of them. Yep. I. I was. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. Sticking with the A's, Calvin Ridley exactly. gets an A. He had eight catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown when these teams met in Week One. Other notable wide receiver box scores against the Colts this year: Nico Collins seven for 146 and two. Mm-hmm. Tank Dell seven seventy two and one. Puka Nakua. Nine catches, 163, and a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins had eight catches for 140 yards against the Colts last week. Missed the touchdown by about half a shoe size. So he almost had a monster game. So Ridley in line for another big game. He gets the A. Christian Kirk, though, just to see. He was invisible in this week one matchup. Just one catch for nine yeah, scoreless wasn't yards. Wasn't that weird? I was in a panic at that point. Yeah. Uh, Colts slot cornerback Kenny Moore is legit. He hasn't allowed a touchdown or more than five catches or 60 yards in a game this season. It's a much better matchup for boundary-wide receivers. That's why Zay Jones gets a starting grade with a C. He had five catches for 55 yards and a touchdown in the Week 1 game. We need to watch his injury status. You do have, there need is, to watch there's his, a real chance he does not play. If he this. doesn't play, uh, obviously you're not going to play him, but I, I would roll with him uh, as a wide receiver three if he does suit up. The Colts are allowing nearly 15 catches and 190 yards per game to wide receivers. And again, a much stronger matchup for the boundary guys. And if Jones does sit, I, I might bump Kirk up to a beak because he can run from the outside. Uh, uh, good matchup for Evan Engram. He gets a B. 
Five catches for 49 scoreless yards in the week one matchup. That feels like a safe floor here over the last two games. The Colts have yielded 23 targets to tight, tight ends. And lastly, easy A for Trevor Lawrence with all these starting grades on his receivers. Yeah, uh, Lawrence is sitting on, a, I think, a really nice yeah. game here. I think I've got him ranked in the top five for the week. Should be a, uh, a good one for him. If you miss any part of the show, you can always check all my player rankings available for free at guillotineleagues.com. You don't even have to be playing in a guillotine league, although why wouldn't you play in a guillotine league? But yeah, if you don't want to, you don't have to. We won't make you and you can still get all the player rankings for free. If you do want to join a guillotine league, basically drafting every day of the week except Sundays. So you got a lot of opportunities to join a guillotine league. 13 weeks left. So 13 team leagues starting now at guillotineleagues.com. When we come back, Three tough questions. Play along. See if you can go three and oh. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. number two fantasy football weekly this is a segment we like to call three tough questions tough question number one will jonathan taylor resume his role as a bell cow back at any point this year 
Scott. So when I when I first saw this, and, and in fairness, your question mentioned seventy percent plus carries. Yes, I thought that was an insanely high number until, until I looked. You look back at his old usage. Yeah, mm-hmm. last year eight games over that. Mm-hmm. The year before eight games over that. Like, and he missed games due to injury. So the majority of his games, he's yeah. going over that. Uh, Coming, I didn't want to weigh down the listeners with the I know. 70%. Yeah, you know, come, but I wanted you guys to know what the yeah, standard was. Yeah. Coming back from ankle, ankle surgery and, uh, you know, his maybe he had it, maybe he didn't back issue. Right. <laughs> uh, I, w- I would expect it to be no and with Moss playing the way he is. However, that investment they paid, it, it's not like investing in a quarterback. They paid him to do some work out there. I think he's going to have, once he gets going, once he's fully healthy, I think he will have some games like that. Um, I don't know how long Moss can keep this up and if he's got the matchups for it. I think he might get to that in a few games going later in the season. Well, the the question was meant predominantly. Predominantly. Not like like one game. Okay. on On total... Will he go back to being a bell cow at some point this year? Where you know from that point forward. You, you know what? I'm going to uh, predominantly. I'm going to go no. Okay. I think there'll be just enough split. All right, Brian. Will Jonathan Taylor resume his role as a bell cow back at any point this season? I'm going to say no. I'm, Zach Moss. I mean, let's talk about the timing of last week's breakout game. We suffered through like three seasons of Zach Moss. <laughs> well, tell and, me about it. Well, Jeez. I was right there with you. How much you, heat I've taken for Zach Moss over the last three years? I was, I was riding shotgun. I, I was. I was <laughs> Do you get a three-year peacock? A <laughs> um, but he broke. I didn't. Break, I mean, he's RB six right now. Zach By the Moss. Way, you know what's going to happen? Sorry to interrupt. Twenty twenty-seven. Tank Bigsby is going to come alive. <laughs> yeah. Playing for, you know, I don't know, the Bears or something. In fairness here, if you're going to get a running back like that wrong, at least you're getting a double-digit round running back yeah, wrong. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Nobody took Tank Bigsby before round 14 anyway. Right. All right, sorry. Continue, Brian. Uh, yeah, Moss, currently RB6 in total points among running backs. He didn't even play in week one. He went off for 195 combo yards and two touchdowns against the Titans last week, who were like the toughest run defense in the league. At the time, so there's legitimacy here to Zach Moss, and now the Colts are invested in Jonathan Taylor for the next three years, at least on paper. They're competing in the division, so they're not just gonna they, they want to you know somewhat salvage him for a playoff run. So I'm gonna say no. This is gonna be a 60 40 split at best for Taylor in his favor. This is a this is a tough question. It is this live this lives up to the title of tough question number one. Um, I had a lot of many similar talking points, and some about how good Zach Moss has been. You've hit on most of those, Brian. Um, from just a pure talent standpoint, Jonathan Taylor really should be way more talented, given how insanely good he was. Mm-hmm. Not just really the one season, but his rookie season. After it took a little while for him to ramp up, like yeah. second half of rookie season, then the next year. Those two seasons, he scored 32 touchdowns, and he averaged 103 yards per game, average. I mean, it was an insane run for him. You know, eventually, talent almost always prevails in the NFL. Yeah. But can it prevail at the 70% threshold when Zach Moss has proven himself to be good? Mm -hmm. I lean no. And, uh, you know, and it's funny. At first, I thought, well, the contract, he's $40 million. You want to get a return on that. But then I started thinking, okay, it's three years. They may want to not run him right. into the ground in year one of its three-year deal. I've, I think about this a fair amount, and this is a little bit of a segue. How much does coaching, like, do the coaches even care about that when they're on the field and trying to win a game? 
you know? Yeah. I mean, when, yeah, in the heat of the battle, yeah. coaches do whatever it takes like, to win. Oh, we're most trying of to the see. Time. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. We're going to go now. Tough question number two Is KJ Osborne going to be a viable weekly starter while Justin Jefferson is out? Brian Johnson. I'm going to say no. You, you start him this week at Chicago, a good matchup. Week seven, he has the 49ers. It's not as bad a matchup as you think against San Francisco because you have to throw a lot against them because mm-hmm. the 49ers score a lot of points. But then at Green Bay, a bad matchup versus Atlanta, a bad matchup. Beyond that, in week 10, when when Justin Jefferson could be back, we're not sure if you, he will be, uh, they have the Saints, another brutal matchup. And K.J. Osborne, you called him slippery earlier. Were you talking about his hands and how many drops? He does does have too many drops. He was ducking, dodging, diving, touchdown. He 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 can duck the pass this year. So he can can duck, dive, dodge, wrenches, footballs. He's not a viable weekly starter. It's matchup-based. And right now, looking ahead, he doesn't have many good matchups outside of the Bears this week. So I'm going to say no, not viable. All right. Let's go to Scott Fish. Is K.J. Osborne going to be a viable weekly starter while Justin Jefferson is out? So when I started looking at this, I thought, yeah, duh. Because it's while Justin Jefferson is out. Right. You know, it's not for the season. Like, for the season, I'd be like, "Eh, I don't know, once Mm -hmm. Jefferson's back. But while he's out, yes, the matchups are absolutely very tough. But also... This Vikings team passes at the highest rate in the NFL, and it's actually not that close. It's insane how much they pass. He was already playing 90% of the snaps, but now 34% of the team's target shares, 13% of the end zone targets, and 48% of the air yards need to go somewhere. Maybe the offense isn't as good and there's a little less, but it needs to go somewhere, and maybe if the offense is not as good, Minnesota will fall behind more in some of those tough matchups coming up, and they're going to have to pass a lot. I think he's absolutely viable at minimum a wide receiver three on a lot of fantasy teams. The good on K.J. Osborne is he knows this offense. He likely knows all of Justin Jefferson's routes. He's been migrated out of the slot this year. In the previous years, he had been like a 60% slot guy. This this year, he's down to 45%. So he hadn't been just this pure slot guy like he had been much more in years past. You mentioned Kevin O'Connell loves to pass. League's highest pass ratio. That's good. The drops have been ugly Ugh. this year, but... If you go back and look at the totality of his career, he's not a dropped ball guy. It's It's been unique to this and, season. And drops are one of the least sticky stats for mm. wide receivers. I bet that, They're I not sticky at all. Yeah, uh, unless you are... Devin Funches. Oh, I'm thinking of Williamson. <laughs> Devin <laughs> Troy Funches, Williamson. Troy Williamson. There you go. Um, now, here's the real catch. In fairness, I, he didn't drop. They just went through his arms. That's true, too. <laughs> no. Where J.J. kills defenders is on the deep balls from the strong-armed arm of Kirk Cousins, and then what he does after the catch downfield, that's not K.J. Osborne. Get this. He has zero targets this year over 19 yards. Whoa. Last year, he had four catches over 19 yards. That's it. Hmm. This is so it it's so much harder to gain fantasy relevancy when you're not getting targeted, not getting targeted downfield. Those are the those are the plays that you that where you roll up the fantasy points. We mentioned the negative schedule. If I imagine myself after Chicago this week talking about KJ Osborne, it's going to be bench and C, bench C, bench C kind of stuff. Yeah. I I don't think I don't think he's going to be a viable weekly starter. Not weekly starter. You know, the question was phrased weekly starter. We're going to go now. 
Tough question number three. Kansas City wide receiver Rasheed Rice will finish the year as a wide receiver one, a wide receiver two, a flex or a bench player. Scott Fish. First hot take on Osborne. Maybe he didn't see those deep targets because Jefferson because was there. Yep, could be. Uh, over to Rasheed Rice. Going to run the Jefferson routes, right? So right. you know, maybe he will. Uh, wide receiver two. I'm I'm going a little bullish. We've seen this many times before where it's taken some rookies a while to start hitting and then they hit late in the season. We saw with John Dotson last year. Obviously, new, new OC and all that stuff this yeah. year. So um, he gets 32% targets per route run, meaning when he gets in the game, he gets, he gets yeah. targeted. Mm-hmm. Just for the listeners, Jamar Chase, 25%. Justin Jefferson, 28%. Wow. Like, so when Rasheed Rice gets in, they throw to him. It just says that they don't either fully trust him to be out there all the time or he doesn't have all the routes down or whatever. He's getting worked in. 13% of the team's end zone targets when he's in the Mm. game. Uh, The Chiefs' offense also hasn't really fully come together. They seem a little off so far early in the season. Once they get going and if Rasheed Rice starts taking more snaps, I like it. Wide receiver two later in the season. Brian. Kansas City wide receiver Rasheed Rice will finish the year as a wide receiver one, wide receiver two, flex, or bench. Yeah, I'm going to echo what most of Scott said there. Averaging less than five targets per game, that's because he's not on the field enough. Uh, The snaps go up, the targets will go up, and you have to trust that's going to happen soon, hopefully, because he clearly looks like the best wide receiver on the team. Of course, we're not talking about Travis Kelsey. He's a tight end who really plays wide receiver, like Kyle Pitts. But I don't know how how quickly they're going to ramp up Rasheed Rice's uh, involvement in the offense, even though they really should. But I'm going to play it safe and just say flex. But he's uh, definitely going to be startable most weeks down the stretch. Yeah, normally you'd you'd highlight the opportunity inherent in catching passes from Patrick Mahomes. But we all know that that has not equated into wide receiver success for anybody outside of Tyreek Hill in the history of Patrick Mahomes' career. Right. So there is massive opportunity, though, for a Kansas City wide receiver to finally take command mm-hmm. of that position group. This is the first guy that looks like eye test. Eye Rasheed, test. Yep. Rasheed Rice looks like he could be that guy. He's big. He's strong. And he's got shocking burst. After the catch, he looks like a running back. I love that about him. The draft equity is good. It's second-round pick, mm-hmm. although that hasn't done anything for Sky Moore, who was also right. a second-round right. pick. Or McCall Hardman, um, first-round pick. Or Mikkel Harmon, great point. Uh, Justin Watson's going to be out for a while. With or Kadarius Tony, yeah, first-round first pick. Well, they have, By the Giants, of course. Team, yeah, right, but. exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, I think in totality, we finish the year. I think it's going to be flex. I, I want to believe wide receiver I know. two in my heart, but I think the reality, we always want these rookies to come along faster than yeah. they do especially receivers, almost always, I think the answer is going to be flex. The answer is flex. I just wanted to be fun and bullish. I like it. You want to be uh, bullish about a Patriots offense averaging 11, not even the offense, as a team, 11 points per game. The offense is even worse. Nope. This is a disaster situation for New England. Bill Belichick's two biggest, most lopsided losses of his entire career are the last two weeks. General manager Bill Belichick has sunk the <laughs> career of head coach Bill Belichick. Scott, talk to me about the Patriots. Is there anybody you're playing even against the Raiders? Nope. Nope. 
<laughs> there isn't. Mac Jones has, you know, been benched basically the last week or two. Oh, yeah. He's two been weeks. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. Twice. Um, so we don't even know that he'll finish the game. Since the opener, Mac has barely been averaging 200 yards and just two scores total in those four games. This fluttering offense puts all the pass catchers on the bench, even though Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, Demario Douglas will be out. I can't even put Devontae Parker or anybody in in your lineup. Uh, this, <laughs> this Pats offense, get this, 34 straight drives without a touchdown. Oh, jeez. 34 straight wow. drives. 34 without... cracks at the end zone and you can't do it. Yeah. So wow. do, you, do you want Hunter Henry, a mostly touchdown-dependent tight end, in there? Nope. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson has gone full split mm-hmm. with Ezekiel Elliott over the last two weeks. Yep. And he's super inefficient. Third worst rush yards over expected behind only Dalvin Cook and Cam Akers. What happened like, to Ramondre Stevenson? So dynamic. Oh, so powerful. get this. Three catches total in the last three weeks. Yeah, as a as a good pass catcher as well. Yeah, his, oh. Ramondre's snap percentage has de- decreased five consecutive weeks. Zeke's increased four street. Um, but you're not starting either. Over to the Raiders' side, I had Jacoby Myers as my take-a-chance-on-me player. Devontae Adams is an automatic A every week. Just get him in your lineup. Uh, Jimmy G, I do have on the bench, though, the uh, New England Patriots only allowing 208 yards per game and just four scores over five games. They played Jalen Hurts, they played Tua, yeah. they played yep. they've played some quarterbacks and they've done that. Uh third hardest matchup for quarterbacks. Jimmy G's on your bench, but I think Devontae and Jacoby just get the he can throw two hundred yards in one score and Jacoby and Devontae can be startable. Yeah, that is true. They'll get all of it. And they do. That's how their offense is set up. Uh Josh Jacobs. Got a B grade on him. 79% of the running back snaps, 75% of the rush ops opportunities, 19% of the team targets. Been over 20 touches in four or five games. That's going to get you the volume C anyway, but he's averaging nearly four points or averaging 4.6 catches per game, mm. which gets his grade a little bit higher. And the Pats are the 10th easiest matchup. They just gave up 97 to Kamara and 90 to Kendry Miller just last week in one game. Josh Jacobs gets everything B grade there. Yeah, it's, it feels like a very strong opportunity for Josh Jacobs. It started slow, but Jacobs coming around now. It sounds like we could be talking about Justin Fields, who started slow, coming around beautifully right now. Does he stay hot against the Minnesota Vikings? Find out when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Georgian, Scott Fish, Brian Johnson with you. Vikings take on the Bears. It's the Vikings' first game without Justin Jefferson, which obviously net hurts the whole offense, but it does provide more targets for K.J. Osborne, Jordan Addison, and more runs for Alexander Madison. Uh, Bears secondary gets healthier here with uh, Jalen Johnson coming back. Uh, Eddie Jackson expected back as well. That could be That's a huge boost for them. Let's start with Alexander Madison because I find this fascinating. That uh, finally a Vikings run heavy game plan should be coming here, not just because Jefferson is out, but also because the Bears run defense is bad. Chicago's allowed the third most points to running backs this season. They've allowed the third most tight ends to running backs eight already. Did I say tight ends? Third most touchdowns to running backs eight already. Also the most receiving yards to running backs. Madison's not a gifted pass catcher, but he can pull in a few. The Vikings have the fifth best run block win rate. And the Vikings offensive line ranks number one by pro football focus and run blocking. I think we're sitting on a really nice Alexander Madison game. This is the first one that I feel good about having in my lineup in all year. Vikings offensive line number one. I know. Never thought that would happen. It's weird end of time stuff right here. Let's go to the receivers beginning with TJ Hawkinson coming up a brutal game with three drops. He leads all tight ends in targets, probably drops too. Uh, and that won't diminish <laughs> oh, with Jefferson out. He's going to continue to get a ton of looks. For tight ends against the Bears, volume equals success. Every tight end to get over 50 yards has also scored, and only one tight end has seen five or more targets and not scored. 85% of the tight end targets against the Bears have been completed. So even coming off a bad game for TJ Hawkinson, A grade on this opportunity. Oh, boy. Let's, let's see if it works out. 
Jordan Addison expected to go in this game. We're going to continue to monitor him up to game time, however. Um, should continue running roughly the same route tree that he was before the Jefferson injury, but he should see more passes. Jefferson leaves behind 10 targets per game. The Bears are bottom 12 in yards and touchdowns allowed to receivers, but as I mentioned, they are healthier now and should be better. I'm a little bit worried that Jalen Johnson, the one good cornerback the Bears have, that he's just going to shadow Jordan Addison and take that deep stuff that Jordan Addison has been good at, take that away. That would worry me, and it subdues my my ranking on Jordan Addison a bit. That, along with the injury, knocks him down to a C grade. K.J. Osborne was my take a chance on me wide receiver. He comes in with a C grade as well. And Kirk Cousins, I've got I've got an A grade on Hawkinson. i got C grades on his receivers, so we'll split the difference and go B grade okay. on Kirk Cousins. He's the NFL leader in completions and touchdown passes, and the Bears have allowed the second most passing touchdowns and the most passing yards. But again, as I mentioned, they should be getting healthier with Jalen Johnson and Eddie Jackson back. Bears ranked dead last in pass rush by Pro Football Focus, so Kirk should have some time in the pocket yep. for a change for the NFL's most hit quarterback <laughs> in back-to-back years. Uh, all right, let's go to the uh, Chicago side. I think we've gotten to a point where DJ Moore is just obvious A guy now. Well, we don't have to really even talk about it, but rest assured, none of the Vikings cornerbacks can hang with him, and a Caleb Evans, one of the starting cornerbacks, may not play in this game with a knee injury. That would only give more uh, more fuel to the fire for the I, A grade on DJ Moore. I saw Justin Fields as a perfect passer rating when targeting DJ Moore this year. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that's, that's saying a lot because Justin mm-hmm. Fields does not have a perfect no. passer rating in most other situations. But you know what he does have? The second most passing touchdowns in the league and the second most rushing yards among quarterbacks. That's who I would draft to Justin Fields to begin with. The Vikings have surrendered multiple quarterback touchdowns in every game except Bryce Young. And the only mobile quarterback they faced, Jalen Hurts, scored twice on the ground. The Vikings own the second-worst opponent completion percentage and the second-worst pass rush pressure by ranked by Pro Football Focus. So A grade on Justin Fields. Cole Komet comes in with a B grade. He's notched three touchdowns in the last two weeks. He's topped 45 yards and four straight against Minnesota. He scored a touchdown last time they faced each other. The Vikings have allowed three touchdowns to tight ends already, including three in the last three games. Three different opposing tight ends have had six or more receptions against Minnesota. Darnell Mooney coming in with a starting grade. Yep, he runs from the slot in three quarters of his plays and has a glorious matchup against Minnesota. Um, The Vikings guard the slot a lot of different ways, but most often they use struggling cornerback Byron Murphy. He's allowed three touchdowns already, including two last week. And he's giving up an an approaching perfect opposer passer rating of 141 for Byron Murphy. Minnesota's allowed the third most fantasy points to slot receivers like Darnell Mooney. Dust him off for this game. And lastly, Khalil Herbert's been ruled out. Roshan Johnson's been ruled out. Travis Homer's been ruled out. Dante Foreman, last man standing. He'll get virtually all the work here. Darrington Evans, by the way, is your backup running back. What about blazing game? Kahari blazing game. The fullback. Uh, (laughs) Vikings. The Vikings were destroyed on national television by DeAndre Swift. So I think there's a perception out there that they're really bad against the run. But non DeAndre Swift runners are averaging 2.8 yards per carry. And the Vikings are giving up just 64 rushing yards per game to non DeAndre Swift runners, which extrapolated across the whole league would be second best in the league. 
So it's actually a pretty decent run defense. And the Eagles' offensive line, it's ridiculous. They're so Probably good. the best in the NFL. Probably. To, to run blocking, at least. I'm only giving Foreman the C grade here. I think points are coming a lot yeah, of different fair. ways. And the Vikings' run defense is good, and their pass defense isn't. <clears throat> Let's go to the Saints taking on the Texans. Brian, Chris Olave had a nice bounce-back game last week. What do you think about Chris Olave this week against a surprisingly tough Texan secondary? Yeah, I'm not liking Olave a, a, a whole lot this week. I'm not going to bench him, but just to see for Olave, who is dealing with a toe injury, but he, he should play. A bad matchup, though. Houston has allowed the 11th fewest receptions, the 5th fewest yards, and just one wide receiver touchdown all season. Houston cornerback Steven Nelson has only allowed 12 catches on the season and no more than 53 yards in a game. And it's a long shot, but Houston could get cornerback Derek Stingley back, who only allowed oh, two okay. receptions hmm. in his first two games of the season. That's that's TBD. You got to monitor mm-hmm. that. But if he comes back, I'm still starting Olave, but I like him a whole lot less. But uh, either way, just to see for Olave. But I have Michael Thomas, Rashid Shahid on the bench for this one. As our tight ends, Taysom Hill. Well, depending on what what site you're playing on, I'll call Taysom Hill a tight end. And Jawan Johnson, if he even makes his return this week, they're on the bench. As is Derek Carr. Carr hasn't topped 200 passing yards in three straight games, and his total just three touchdowns during that same span. On the other side, the By Texans— By the way, as a, as a quick note, some of us mentioned this repeatedly in the preseason. Derek Carr, not really an upgrade over Andy Dalton at quarterback. In fact, we talked about that as a lateral move. That might have been generous. Yeah, we call him uh, emo Andy Dalton, mm-hmm. Derek Carr. Yeah, Texans, three passing touchdowns allowed all season— just 229 passing yards per game by opposing quarterback. So Carr on the bench, but Alvin Kamara not on the bench. What year is it? Because he's getting an A. Oh, A for Alvin Kamara, oh averaging nearly 25 touches per game over the last two weeks. That's the highest clip in the league among running backs during that span. The Texans are yielding more than 28 touches to opposing backs for more than 125 combo yards and a full touchdown per game. So with Jamal Williams still on IR. I got an A on Alvin Kamara, and if you're really desperate, I'll throw a C dart at Kendra Miller, who had 16 mm. touches, four catches, four of them being catches for 53 yards. Granted, it was a blowout win at New England, but if you're desperate for running back, Kendra Miller is startable against a, a Texans defense that is funneling their opposition to the run. Over to the Texans side on offense, starting with Damian Pierce, another brutal matchup for Pierce. It's not entirely oh. his fault. He's been dealing with. A banged-up offensive line, yeah, awful matchups. They have, the offensive line ranks dead last in run blocking by Pro Football Focus. They should be getting back left tackle Laramie Tunzel. The Texans, I that is. That will certainly help. But even so, uh, again, an awful matchup for Pierce. The Saints are allowing just 96 combo yards per game to running backs, and they haven't surrendered a score to the position all season. So just to see on Pierce, float this bad matchup by the Pierce manager – and the, that he has a buy next week. Oh, and try okay. to buy low because the, the, the schedule softens up big time. Okay, uh, after the Texans buy in oh, week seven, I need it because I got Damian Pierce all over the place, as you can imagine. I'm sure you do. I do as well. So we'll, we'll root for that soft schedule uh, starting in week eight. Uh, Nico Collins, Robert Woods, going to give them both a C. Tank Dell has been ruled out with a concussion. Scott, you had a, a concussion stat. I don't think you've mentioned yet. I think it's worth worthwhile noting. Oh yeah, I, I looked it up with Kincaid and Roshan Johnson is obviously mm-hmm. out now, but. Uh, out of the 16 players that have had concussions, 
14 of them missed the the next game. The the protocols have been oh, tightened okay. since the yeah. Tua thing Sounds last year. Like Only two have come back. So okay. if you see a player going out going out with a concussion, assume they're almost gonna assume that they're going to miss the next week. Yeah, that's that's good stuff right there. So Tank Dell ruled out. So there will be more looks for Collins and Robert Woods. Woods mm. should play. He's dealing with a I believe a rib injury of his own like T Higgins, but uh he should be suited up for this one, but it's it's a bad matchup. New Orleans allowing just 143 yards and less than a touchdown per game to wide receivers as a whole. So just a C for Nico Collins and Robert Woods. I have Dalton Schultz on the bench. He went off last week, uh, but this is a bad spot against the Saints, who have allowed 11 catches, 99 yards, and a touchdown to tight ends all season. Wow. Luke Musgrave was the only tight end to top 20 yards against New Orleans, but he's the fastest player on the Packers. Uh, there, there I don't that. think Dalton yeah. Schultz is the fastest player. And by the way, 20 <laughs> yards is nothing. That is nothing. a very low threshold. No, it's a very low. Th- I think he had like 49 yards. So he actually had a decent game, Musgrave. But anyway, Schultz is on the bench. And I was close to benching C.J. Stroud because I, I do not like his receivers a whole lot. I will give him a C, even though the Saints are ranked sixth against the pass by Pro Football Focus and the only second lowest opponent completion percentage at 57%. But you know what else has not been great? The opposing quarterbacks to face the Saints. We're talking Ryan Tannehill, Bryce Young, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, who actually had a great game. He had three touchdowns. Yes. And then Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi last week. So Baker Mayfield, the only competent quarterback the Saints have faced. And C.J. Stroud certainly certainly looks more than competent. So I will give him a, a C, but it's a pretty soft one. Scott, Cardinals yes. taking on the Rams. I already mentioned Josh Dobbs was my take a chance. I mean, quarterback. No, I think you mentioned Amari DiMarcado was your running back. He is Who's your, well, both. I got oh, both. Dobbs was your quarterback? Yeah, I was, baby. Oh, Dobbs man. is my quarterback. Oh, man. So, yeah, I I, if I like Josh Dobbs, what do you think of his that. receivers? Uh, the only one I actually have a grade on is – oh, no, that's not true. I do, have, I do have two grades. Yeah, you got a little Mike Wilson in there? Yeah, I, nope, nope. Oh. Uh, Marquise Brown I do have a B grade on. He's averaging five for 68 over the last four and scored three times. He's been over 50 yards in all four. If you're getting 50 yards and you're getting four catches and all, that you're at nine points right there. Right. And it's a decent spot. Uh, Brown will run about – it, bro, bro, excuse me. Brown runs about 81% of his routes against the spot where Akila Witherspoon is. It's a bit, not a great matchup. 40.9% catch rate, 36.7 passer rating. So Jeez. I can't I can't give him an A. That's mm-hmm. if he moves around, he might get a better matchup. But B is the absolute best I can give him. I might even tank it down to a C. But it's a good enough matchup. I'll, I'll give him a B. The the C grade is not going to Michael Wilson. Who's had a few good games, but he's got a, a pretty tough matchup in the outside. It's going to Rondale Moore. Rams allow the ninth most to the slot, but mostly with Connor out, Rondale Moore is getting carries. He's getting Debo volume. He's getting three to four carries. Um, he's built like a toothpick. Why is yeah. he getting carries? He's I don't. Kill him I there. don't know. I think they just like him on stretch runs and jet sweeps and fourteen point five yards per carry for Rondell Moore. Yeah, wow. carries. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If he's going to get three, four, five carries, and now that Josh, now that Connor's completely out, mm. if he's going to get three, four, five carries, and he's going to get a few targets, that helps. It's it's enough volume in a in a matchup against in the slot that I like. I'm giving him a C grade. More, it's probably more of a dart throw, honestly. Zach Ertz, I got a B grade on. Fifth best matchup for tight ends. Three scores allowed in just the last two weeks, including Goddard's explosion last week. He leads the team in red zone targets. Uh, yeah, B grade on Zach Ertz. Over to the Rams side, Matthew Stafford was my take a chance on me quarterback. Yep, I like. 
Puka Nakua with an A grade. I I do, do I need to talk about Puka and Cup? I will say, in a game Stafford only threw 37 times, which was his second lowest mark of the season. This is last week? Yeah. Cup and Nakua each had 10-plus targets. Those two that? combined for 62% of the I'm, target I'm share. I'm nervous about Tutu Atwell, you know, who was absolutely fantasy viable up to I have now. him on the bench. I, I think I think the run's over for him. Yeah, yeah. Cards are allowing third most of the slot where Puka and uh, Cup switch off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tutu Atwell, just two catches on nine yards. I got him back on the last week yeah. in that return for Cup. On the bench. Uh, Tyler Higby, I got on the bench, too. They held Kittle to nine yards. Yeah, that's not great. That's yep. not Oh, wait. Kyron oh. Williams, real oh, yeah. quick. Yeah, go ahead. Converted four of five from inside the five. Uh, mentioned early in the year, according to Next Gen Stats, Kyron Williams is the only back with at least 30 attempts to not have faced an eight-man box, but he's getting all the volume. Fifth worst rush yards over expectation, but all the volume I'm giving the volume C. I could be talked into a B, but a volume C for Kyron Williams. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not a great player, but the opportunity is absolutely great for Kyron Williams. Yeah. Your opportunity to look like a genius is coming up next because we're going to give you a bunch of players that you'll want to pick up this week that everybody else is going to try to pick up next week, and they're already on your roster, and you're going to look and feel brilliant when we return to Fantasy Football Weekly. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Final segment of Fantasy Football Weekly for week number six. This is a segment we call Premature Speculation. We give you a player you'll want to pick up this week that other people will be trying to pick up down the road, but you've already got him. Scott Fish. You know what? You already gave a C-letter starting grade to the guy I was going to go with. Oh, who's that? Darnell Mooney. I think he's got a great matchup here against Minnesota. Next week, he gets a decent slot matchup, you know, bottom 12 uh, Raiders Mm -hmm. against the slot. Okay. And then the week after that, he gets the Chargers, who are just as bad as Minnesota defending the pass. He's got, you know, I don't know that I love Darnell for the full season, but it's a good three-game stretch that might be flex-worthy over buys. All right. Brian. Your premature speculation player. I'm going to give a two for a two for one. I have running backs from Tampa Bay, Sean Tucker, and mm-hmm. from Cleveland, Kareem Hunt. And the rationale rationale is the same for both. There's one guy ahead of each. Yep. And they could beat them on talent alone. If an injury were to happen, we got mm-hmm. you got a starting running back in each case, and they both have had their bye in week five. So moving oh, forward, I like it. okay, there could be a viable warm body, especially starting in week seven when there are six teams on bye and everyone's going to be looking for running backs. So Sean Tucker. And Kareem yeah, Hunt. Neither one's done anything to this point, no. but it's about opportunity. Yeah, they'll be you out. Know? They're, they're available. That's yes, for sure. That's, they're a warm body that, running back. That's why I said Keaton Mitchell last week. I'm like, you know, a running back behind some inefficient backs. Hopefully they plan out. All right. I've already mentioned Johnny Wood's name like three times in this show, and he's on IR for Pete's sake. But it's a <laughs> hamstring injury suffered in OTAs. For the love of God, this God. thing, the, the timetable, it should be coming back soon. Find someone and who loves you as much as Charch loves Jelani It's Woods. not possible. Colts tight ends without him right now are averaging eight targets, 62 yards per game. They've scored in three out of five games. And that's the likes of... Kyle Granson and Andrew Ogletree and Mo Alley Cox. Jelani Woods is six foot seven, 260 pounds. Last year, he averaged 13 yards per receptions and five yards after the catch. The dude is a freaking beast, an insane athletic specimen. He's rangy, he gets open downfield. So much more talent than Mo Alley Cox. Kyle Granson at some point. And I can only hope it's sooner rather than later. Jelani Woods going to make an impact at a position everybody needs help at tight I end. It. I love it. All right. Let's go back to our matchups. Eagles taking on the Jets. DeAndre Swift has entered into obvious A territory, does not need any more, uh, really, I think, discussion than that, except I'm going to mention this. He's coming up a game where he just had six receptions, and the Jets – are giving up the most receptions and the second most receiving yards to runners. So he's going to help you Hmm. two different ways for DeAndre Swift. Let's go to the receivers. A.J. Brown. B grade in a tricky matchup, but he's red hot with over 125 yards in three straight games. On one half of the field, the Jets have Sauce Gardner, a top 10 pro football focused coverage corner. On the other side, they have D.J. Reed, who's expected to clear the concussion protocol by Sunday. Reed is not quite at Sauce Gardner's level, but he's still very good, and he has allowed a touchdown in nine straight games. Nine times. Going back to last year. The Jets have allowed the second-fewest wide receiver yards and the fewest touchdowns to wideouts. So A.J. Brown, just the B grade. Devonta Smith, C grade. He's got the same difficult matchup as A.J. Brown against Sauce Gardner and D.J. Reed, depending on which side of the field they're on. But he just gets less volume than Brown, at least in recent weeks, unless they're going to try to force feed Smith to make up for the fact that A.J. Brown's dominating right now and he's getting he's been kind of iced out of his own offense. So I've only got the C grade on Smith. You could convince me to go B, but I'm going to go C. Dallas Goddard, B grade. 
you know, because those outside corners for the Jets are so good, some teams attack New York with the tight end. The Jets have given up five touchdowns to five different tight ends, and they've given up the 10th most receptions, ninth most yards to tight ends. The Jets use linebacker Quincy Williams for some of their tight end coverage, and he's very good. He's uh, he's second most pass breakups at the linebacker position. B grade for Dallas Goddard coming off the best game of his season. So I've given you some little A stuff for DeAndre Swift through the air and some some Bs and some Cs. Jalen Hurts comes in with a B grade. Tough matchup against a defense that's one game removed from putting Patrick Mahomes on 203 yards and one touchdown. That's it. Opposing quarterbacks averaging just 218 yards and just over one touchdown per game against New York. They're averaging out as quarterback 20 against the Jets. No quarterback has rushed for a touchdown, but they did give up six rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks last year. And Mahomes and Russell Wilson combined for 100 rushing yards against them over the last two weeks. So I like Jalen Hurts on the ground Mm. enough to make up for the fact that this could be a tricky passing game. The B grade for Jalen Hurts. Hmm. Jets side, there's only two guys that you care about. Uh, This team did not get it done against Denver last week. Ugh. So Well, one guy did. Brees Hall did. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he comes under the C grade here. Uh, he has assumed full control of the snap count with yep. Dalvin Cook down to just 17% of the snaps last week. Still Philly, though, brutal <laughs> matchup, allowing the fewest fantasy points to running backs, including just one touchdown to running backs all year. No back has topped 53 yards against Philadelphia. And since the opener, runners are averaging just 15 receiving yards per game. Philly ranks number two in run, stuff, win rate. There's nothing to like about this matchup for Brees Hall, except volume and ability, C grade. And then there's Dar- uh, Garrett Wilson. I was tempted to put him on the bench, but fortunately, Eagles' best cornerback, Darius Slay, is out. So that normally Slay shadows the opposing best receiver in many games. Yep. Um, now that might be James Bradbury, who's good, just not as good. Still, you got to have significant worry about Zach Wilson getting anything done against the Eagles. The Eagles have the sixth-best pass rush win rate and the seventh-best pass rush ranking by Pro Football Focus. No Jalen Carter in this game, though, and that's a bit of a loss to the pass rush. Garrett Wilson's so good, he could turn any catch into a big play. So he remains startable, but this is one of the toughest matchups of Garrett Wilson's year. Let's go to the Sunday night game. That is the Giants taking on the Bills. There are basically no Giants left standing for this game. Yep, exactly. Tyrod Taylor is going to get the start, but this is a a matchup for the passing game. Fourth toughest against quarterbacks. Tough against wide receivers as well. You wouldn't start any Giants wide receivers anyway. You're not going to start Taylor anyway. But is there anyone you might start? Maybe Darren Waller? If he even plays in the if game. If he plays. He's shaping up as a game-time decision on a Sunday night. Exactly. Ugh. I have a bench grade on him. If you think if there's better news uh, coming out before uh, you know before your Sunday morning lineups, you could slot him in. It's a tough matchup. The Bills allowing 31 scoreless yards to tight ends. But last week, he got 11 targets, was used all over, was used in motion, used even on a screen. They were really, really getting him involved in 33 percent of Taylor's targets when he came in went to Waller. Okay. So in a game they should be behind, if you get better news before Sunday, I'd bump him up to a C. Okay. But with the news we have right now, 
probably a bench grade. Giants are going to be missing three offensive linemen in this game. Saquon Barkley is oh. the same deal. Same deal. Mm-hmm. Three offensive linemen out. I have a bench grade on him. But if we hear better that he is going to go, and it sounded like he might go, but I would give him a C grade. But remi- reminder that a few years ago, he missed a bunch of games on an ankle injury, came back. Here is the yardage totals after coming back from that injury, dealing uh, with it. That's not good. 25, 40, oh. 55, 64, 50. He did add three to six catches per game, which kept him in a nice C level when you're adding you know, three catches for 30 yards on top of it. It's for sure C level. And Travis Etienne just rolled over the Bills like a tank. Yeah. Like a tank. Oh. <laughs> um, Devin a- Devon Achan destroyed them the week before. Brees Hall also a uh, major game against the Bills. So there is a chance. But if, if even if Barkley doesn't go, you don't want Gray or Britt uh, splitting carries anyway. No. On the Buffalo side, I think Josh Allen and uh, Stefan Diggs are obvious A's at this point. So we will move on to Gabe Davis, who has six catches over 20 yards, one over 40 yards in his five games. And he's sto- scored in four straight games. Uh, get this. Get this, Gabe. Da- on Gabe Davis. He's going to get... Trey Hawkins, who allows a 158.3 passer rating against him at home. That's perfect. It is. That's a perfect rating. And same, 158.3 on the road. Both both happening here. Be on Gabe Davis. And that's and over to James Cook for the run game. C grade, highest snap percentage of the, percentage of the year last week, averaging 15 touches per game. He's going to get the volume C against the Giants team, allowing 5.3 yards per carry. I'm not trusting Murray or Harris. They need a touchdown to get in there. It is a good game, though. Good game script for them. Cowboys taking on the Chargers, Brian. Uh, let's start with the Cowboys side. Tony Pollard gets a B. I'm a little worried about this shoulder injury. He should play, but they might limit his workload. A great matchup, though. The Chargers allowing 147 combo yards per game to running backs. That's why Rico Dowdle was my take a chance on me. Running back over to C.D. Lamb. He gets an A. He's the squeaky wheel of the week. He's been upset with his usage, and he should be. C.D. is averaging 3.3 yards of separation when targeted. That's fifth best, but he's not seeing the 10 to 12 targets he needs. Hopefully that changes against the Chargers, who are allowing 15 catches, 232 yards, and 1.5 touchdowns per game to opposing wide receivers. That's why Michael Gallup was my take a chance Mm -hmm. on me. Wide receiver. I was tempted to go to Brandon Cooks, but he's just been invisible, so uh, he's still on the bench even in a shootout scenario, but Jake Ferguson not on the bench. He gets an A. His route share has gone up in in four straight games from 40% to 58%, 62% to 73% last week. He leads Dallas in targets per route run and is tied for second among all tight ends in that metric. The Chargers haven't faced much when it comes to tight ends, but TJ Hawkinson and Josh Oliver combined for 10 catches, 82 yards, and a touchdown against them in week three. Uh, so Dak Prescott, he gets an A based on all these starting grades for his receivers. Over to the Chargers side, yeah. B for Austin Eckler, who should make his return. The Cowboys have surrendered four touchdowns to running backs over the last three weeks, and they allowed six catches to 49ers backs last week. Keenan Allen gets an A. With Trayvon Diggs out, the Cowboys secondary is nothing to be scared of. So you're obviously starting Keenan Allen, a top-five wide receiver right yeah, now. For sure. I'm also starting both Josh Palmer and Quentin Johnston in the oh, shootout. Wow. Quentin Johnston. I like Josh Palmer a little more, but I think Quentin Johnston, he, he's sitting on a breakout game one of these days, and uh, this is a great spot for it to happen. He'll see plenty of du- double coverage against a, a secondary that is in shambles without Trayvon Diggs. 
And lastly, uh, for the pass catchers, Gerald Everett and oh, Donald Parham. Here, oh, here we go. Both get a C. All right. As a, wow. whole, as a whole, Chargers tight ends are averaging Just five catches and 50 yards per game. And despite having their bye already, they have the second most tight end touchdowns. But all those touchdowns have gone to Parham. Not my boy, Gerald Everett, but he's still the starting tight end. George Kittle just scored thrice on the Cowboys. So mm. if you're desperate, uh, I, I think you're desperate, you start, you start Parham, but I, safe C on Gerald Everett. And, of course, a very safe A on Justin Airbear Herbert. Again, Trayvon Diggs on the shelf. Uh, the Cowboys just lost linebacker Leighton Vander Esch to injured reserve. Defensive tackle Neville Gallimore is questionable to play, as is linebacker Damone Clark and safety Wanye Thomas. A shootout is going to happen on Monday night. The only game with an over-under north of 50 points oh, on the slate or I like all it. weekend. I like it. Well done. Uh, Parham completely off the injury report. Practice in full. Yeah. Great to have him back. Off to injured, but we love the athleticism, the mm-hmm. size, the yep. talent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want to join a brand-new, fresh guillotine league, you can do that. We'd love to have you play. New leagues forming now, 13 weeks left in the season. That's a lot of fun to be had between now and January. You know how it works. The bottom team gets cut every week, and the rest of us feast on the roster of the dead. It's so much fun. All the strategy when great players hit the waiver wire. Oh, it's a blast. You'll love guillotineleagues.com. And if you missed any part of uh, this show and you want to go back and check all our player ratings, Available for free, guillotineleagues.com. You don't have to even play in a guillotine league. Get the get the player ratings, rankings for free, guillotineleagues.com. Best of luck this week, everybody. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 